Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Thank you for being here. Let's take a look at this gospel reading for this coming Sunday. Joining me uh, to help uh, us enter more deeply into this reading is Peggy Stanton. Peggy is a dame of the Order of Malta. She was ABC News' first female Washington correspondent. She has hosted many programs with us here at Ave Maria Radio, including the Malta Minute with the Catechism. Good news is that her book, From the White House to the White Cross, is ready to come out out next month, and we'll certainly be talking about it uh, on this program. Peggy, good to have you back. Thanks. Thank you, Al. Good to be with you. Let me go ahead and read this gospel passage, and then we'll begin commenting on it. Uh, This is uh, Luke chapter 13, verses 22 to 30. Jesus passed through towns and villages, teaching as he went and making his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? And he answered them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I tell you, will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. After the master of the house has arisen and locked the door, then will you stand outside knocking and saying, Lord, open the door for us. And he will say to you in reply, I do not know where you are from. And you will say, We ate and drank in your company, and you taught in our streets. And then he will say to you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. And there will be wailing and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves cast out. And people will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and will recline at table in the kingdom of God. For behold... Some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. And then that's from, again, uh, the Gospel of Luke, verse 13, uh, chapter 13, verses 22 to 30. This is one of those passages that kind of brings you up short, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some, uh, I've looked at uh, several interpretations uh, as well. What we focus on here for our purposes, we always focus on what the catechism says. But some kind of soften the blow. But uh, uh, the catechism is very straightforward on uh, what... <laughs> What our Lord says, mm-hmm. because when actually when you read it, Al, don't you say? I mean, it's hard to equivocate. Yeah, it's, I, it's pretty tough stuff. I I know that there are there are many who somehow feel uh, duty bound to minimize the tone of those passages, mm-hmm. but I think. You know, you have to let Jesus speak. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he, he didn't intend those passages to be comforting. Uh, <laughs> no. First of all, the, the, uh, these passages are, are meant to shake us up, and we really don't do him justice. And actually, we are unfaithful if we always try to minimize the, um, you know, this what is a, a, the ultimate binary choice? Right. Uh, will right. you? Will you receive him and obey him, or will you shun him? Uh, because these will ha- those choices will have eternal consequences. That's exactly right, and that and and that's why we don't do ourselves any favor right. by minimizing what he's trying to say. Um, in in the catechism, uh, in it has about four different. Uh, 
paragraphs that talk about various aspects of this gospel. Uh, In 853, the Catechism says, On her pilgrimage, the Church has also experienced, in quotes, the discrepancy existing between the message she proclaims and the human weakness of those to whom the gospel has been entrusted. Only by taking the way of penance and renewal, the narrow way of the cross, can the people of God extend Christ's reign. For just as Christ carried out the work of redemption in poverty and oppression, so the church is called to follow the same path if she is to communicate the fruits of salvation to men. Mm. Yeah. That, that really talks about not just the sinner or those of us in the pew who, right. who, who refuse to take the message. It talks about the, one, the messengers, don't yeah. you think? Sure. Uh, the, the church is, is called, I mean, part of, the, part of the problem we all have is the disparity, the discrepancy that exists between mm-hmm. um, who we are called to be mm-hmm. and who we in actuality uh, are. Mm-hmm. And that gap, uh, you know, is can be very discomforting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm reminded here again <clears throat> of um, the um, tax collector who just beat his breast uh, mm-hmm. and and said, "Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the church is supposed to be characterized. I mean, its position in the world is, is supposed to be characterized by humility. Mm-hmm. by identification with the least among us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is how we're to carry out the work of redemption. Uh, we don't carry out the work of redemption through large uh, programs, government programs, mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. ecclesial programs. We carry out the work of redemption by identifying with the poor and the oppressed mm-hmm. and, and taking um, their poverty and their oppression upon ourselves so mm-hmm. that we can be serving them. And again, this is this is this is difficult for, for all of us, I think, to put into practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a hard road to travel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, then he expa- uh, in um, paragraph ten thirty four, uh, it, d- it dwells on the existence of hell and who goes there. Jesus yeah. often yeah. speaks of Gehenna, yeah. of the unquenchable fire reserved for those who to the end of their lives refuse to believe and be converted. Uh, Gehenna is where both soul and body can be lost. Mm. Jesus solemnly proclaims that, and this is really tough and scary, he will send his angels and they will gather all evildoers and throw them into the furnace of fire and that he will pronounce this condemnation Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think when we see these passages um, and we compare them with Jesus' interactions with the scribes and the Pharisees, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- th- this is for those who uh, persist in being stiff-necked and unrepentant mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I think people who are uh, seriously 
seeking to follow Christ, I, I think sometimes they can be overly scrupulous mm-hmm. and uh, be in fear that these passages are addressed uh, directly to them personally. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to remember that there are plenty of other passages in which Jesus reminds us that if we turn to him uh, in repentance, that there's no condemnation uh, mm-hmm. in him. Mm-hmm. But we should never back away from the full punch of these passages. We can't modify them. We can't whittle them down. We mm-hmm. can't explain them away. They, uh, The good news um, is partially good because it's not the bad news. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what makes the good news so good is the bad news. Uh, so this is bad news here. Yeah, well, and, but interestingly, just above uh, 1034, which yeah. I read, is 1033, and it's, it's, it is not cited as to go with this gospel, but I, I thought it did in a way. It said, we, uh, you know, when you really think about it, Al, what God is really asking of us, love me as I have loved you. Right. I mean, he came right. down from the, the poshest place in the universe uh, where he was in great comfort and had people serving him to die for us because he loved us. So this says, 1033 says, we cannot be united with God unless we freely choose to love him. Yeah. But we cannot love God if we sin gravely against him or against our neighbor or against ourselves. Right. He, and this is from John's gospel, he who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So, it, it, but, I mean, that, that I think when we th- feel that these words are harsh, we have to remember that he, he, wants, he wants to give love, and he wants to be loved as he loves, and really it's quite simple. But we complicate it because in a, we refuse to love yeah. him that way. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, when, when I was much younger, um, you know, I, I thought, what's there not to love about God, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, didn't sound, it didn't sound that challenging. Um, right. And same thing uh, with your neighbor. Well, I, I was surrounded by lots of good people. What's not to love about them? Right. But as you get older and your experience gets broader, you realize oftentimes how much your love really was only fondness for people who shared your own view mm-hmm. of things. Our and, kind of people. Yeah, some. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that um, it becomes, you realize that in fact you don't love uh, many, lots of people, and in fact, you do, definitely don't love your enemies. So you, mm. you realize love is one of those things which, at first glance, you think, "How hard can it be?" Mm-hmm. Love's a positive thing, right? Mm-hmm. But when you actually do try to be properly self-critical, examining well, your conscience, uh, or love the way he did, yeah, loving enemies. That's right. Yeah. You, you realize that we do fall short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then in 1344, it gets toward the end where we t- he talks about the heavenly banquet. So it says, thus from celebration to celebration, as they proclaim 
the Paschal mystery of Jesus until he comes, the pilgrim people of God advances. And again, we have following the narrow way of the cross toward the heavenly banquet when all the elect will be seated at the table of the kingdom. Uh, And the music is coming up. (laughs) So, well, uh, thank you uh, for sharing those passages with us and helping us think on them. Uh, This is the gospel reading for this coming Sunday. And uh, Peggy, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you, Al. Peggy Stanton, uh, again, from the Malta Minute with the Catechism. I'm Al Cresta.